0: I'm Sydney. And I'm Julie.
1: And this is Restaurant and Retail Revelations. Restaurant and Retail Revelations, a podcast in which my co host and I connect with movers and shakers in the restaurant and retail industries and package their insights into sound waves for
0: listeners like you. Exactly right, Sydney. And for anyone wondering who your podcast hosts are, we are marketers at Revel Systems, the leading cloud based point of sale provider in the market. And we love getting the opportunity to connect with some of the very clients Revel serves right here on the podcast.
1: This week's guest is especially timely for anyone looking to cool off from the summer heat, whether you're experiencing unseasonable heat on the West Coast or the typical Atlanta humidity like we are. Today, we are talking with Nicole Di Pietro, vice president of Jeremiah's Italian Ice.
0: And we have got tons of questions for Nicole, as Jeremiah's is a brand that's grown from humble beginnings as a shaped ice cart to a very fast growing franchise with hundreds of locations and counting. So let's jump right to it without further delay. Nicole, it's great to have you here on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. And if you don't mind, could you quickly introduce yourself for our listeners
2: and share a little bit about what you do at Jeremiah's Italian Ice? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, I am the vice president for Jeremiah's Italian Ice. I have um, been with the brand for the past five years. Um, I first came on in a different capacity, and really we were focusing on um, company growth. And during the first year that I was here, I added a lot to the infrastructure and made sure that we were set to be able to um, to be able to handle growth on the company side. We, we hired a bunch of managers, area managers, really put a lot of positions in place that were not here previously. We did open five corporate locations um, the first year that that I came on board. And then at that point in time, um, the owner, Jeremy, decided that he wanted to grow in a different way. So then we started focusing on building our franchise platform. So a lot of what I have um, done for Jeremiah is what I do for Jeremiah's, um, wearing a lot of hats, obviously, but I handle the the management. In the development for our entire leadership team and that includes our marketing accounting technology human resources operations and training teams and um, heavily involved in the expansion and growth for the brand which is primarily um, focusing right now on that franchise growth
0: wow it sounds like you are a busy person and we appreciate you sharing a bit more about the infrastructure behind jeremiah's I know our listeners would also love to hear a little bit more about your product itself. So can you tell me more about the menu at Jeremiah's Italian Ice and why people that are hungry for a sweet frozen treat should look to your brand?
2: Absolutely. So, Jeremiah's serves an amazing sweet treat. It is a frozen dessert, which is which consists of our um, Italian ice, which are flavors that have been developed internally by, by the owner, Jeremy, and they are made fresh in-house every single day at all of our self-contained units. Um, And they you can either get the ice alone or you can get the star of the show, which is what we call the gelati. And the gelati is the layering of the Italian ice with our rich and creamy ice cream. And if you have not had it, I will have to make sure that you guys get some because it is absolutely decadent. And I really feel what sets Jeremiah's apart from other from our competition, which we consider really anyone that sells a dessert type of item is that at Jeremiah's, we are serving an experience. So what we are looking to create is, is that connection, that experience with our guests. And how we do that is through a lot of different things. One is the fact that we, um, we offer free samples all day long. So at any given time, we have between 24 and 26 flavors um, at each of our locations. And um, you can taste every single one of them and you can customize your experience. We also have um, secret combos and different menu items that will give you um, different ice flavors with the ice cream and toppings. So it can be anything from a frosted animal cookie or um, let's see, a candy bar flavor or a banana cream pie or key lime pie, things of that nature. So we we like to customize that experience. I think also with us being able to have all of our customers taste any and all of the products, they're guaranteed to get something that they really love. So with that customized experience, the, the uniqueness of our product and our community engagement, which is which is something that we really focus heavily on. We want all of our our Jeremiah's locations um, to feel like it's the community that we are in. Jeremiah's. So this is this is the Jeremiah's that is in my hometown, and and every single location has a customized mural that has elements of their home specific hometown in the communities that we serve. We also do a ton of local store marketing, which um, basically the way that we feel we gain a loyal guest at jeremiah's is by getting product in their hands and so a lot of our push for for marketing is that boots on the ground grassroots marketing approach where we're giving those treats we're bringing them to the to the local schools to the local fire departments to the hospitals to the car dealerships we want you guys to taste the product and then that way you can in turn come in and experience it at our locations and we we typically have a loyal guest for life a lot of other things that we do is we focus on different um, needs in the community and we do fundraisers and and ice nights where a portion of the sales for um, one of the days may go to a local cause it could be someone who's been impacted by an illness or you know a couple of times we've had unfortunately customers that maybe had lost their items in a fire and so we do tons of fundraisers and local community um, events to make sure that we're staying connected with our guests
1: I absolutely love that, and you're speaking directly to my sweet tooth. Um, and another thing that I actually, yeah, another thing I love about your brand, based on what I've seen online, is anyone who visits your website will see the wordplay that you guys use. So, for example, your company timeline is the ice age, and then your team describes the community engagement efforts as living life, life to the coolest. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I read a little bit about your history, starting with founder Jeremy Litwack. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, correct. So Jeremy's days operating a push cart in Philly. Um, so I was just curious to know about the frog logo and the company name. Is Jeremiah's a play on the founder's name? And can you just tell us more about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So Jeremiah's is a play on the founder's name. Um, when Jeremy was a young boy, his parents often called him Jeremiah. And so, you know, when he when he started in high school, he got a push cart and was out in front of the Philadelphia Mint and was basically slinging ice since he's been basically 16 years old. And so his, his goal was to put Italian ice on the map. Traditionally, Italian ice, which is also known as water ice, um, is very prominent in the northeast so in that philadelphia new jersey boston new york area they sell it a lot on the jersey shore things of that nature so a lot of a lot of people were not necessarily familiar with what italian ice or water ice was so his goal was to put that on the map and so he he felt like florida would be an amazing opportunity um to be able to to bring Italian ice here, especially because of the weather pattern. So he after after college, he left all his friends and family and moved down to Florida. And he just basically had a map and he was selecting towns to go to. And he ended up landing in Winter Park, Florida, opened the first location, and really the rest is history. So yes, we definitely do um, play up the the puns of cool, cold, you know, the ice age, the ice den, things like that. He was also hockey players. So sometimes you'll see things that are um, referencing um, things from hockey. Um, With the frog, so with the fact that his family tended to call him Jeremiah when he was younger, he thought it would be really cool to have the frog from the, um, the three dog night song, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. So that's where the frog came from. And and that's where all of our other puns come from. Like even our, even our intranet, our company intranet is called the Leap Academy. Our, our certified training store is called the Leap Academy. So anywhere where we can put in a, a pun for either cool, cold, anything related to hockey and to the, um, the frogs, we, we definitely play that up quite a bit.
0: I love that. And I love how you incorporated Jeremy's story into to so much of what you guys do today. Um, and as a Southerner, I've never heard of water ice. So, uh, switching gears, just a touch here, Nicole. You know, even though in-person restaurant dining is slowly reemerging following the pandemic, there's still a lot of aftershock and lasting changes impacting our industry, uh, the food and beverage space. So, you spoke a little bit to how important the community is at Jeremiah's earlier. How have those factors um, factored into to Jeremiah's success today, post-pandemic?
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, the safety and security of our squad members are guests, our vendors, the community is always the number one thing that we take into consideration whenever we're looking at making any decisions. And so obviously with the pandemic, we were not really even certain if we were going to be able to stay open, which was challenging for us in the sense that you know, we launched our franchising program in June of 2019, and we sold 100 units in the first six months. And so our franchising program was basically launching in 2020, and then the pandemic hit. And so, you know, we had to really put all of our heads together and make sure that we would be able to execute um, in this environment, because we weren't sure, you know, if we were, you know, first we had to close down, obviously. Then we were able to reopen with limited hours. Um, we had to obviously make sure all of our, our stores were set up for that safety and security with all the PPE, you know, masks, gloves, plexiglass, social distancing signs, all of that. And then we were constantly having to pivot very quickly to make sure that we were able to accommodate because we did we did have exposure in, in some locations and we did have to have a complete plan for that. So the way that we approach that is we always want to err on the side of caution. So we, we make sure that we stay out ahead of the curve and the CDC guidelines to make sure that everything that we're doing is proactively protecting, um, protecting the, the squad members, the, the customers, our guests, our vendors, everyone um, to make sure that we're able to do that and, and facilitate the experience in a modified capacity. With balancing the fact that we had 10 franchisees that were ready to open in 2020. So we wanted to make sure that you know, these are people that invested a lot of money into making sure that they would have a successful business. And with this uncertain times, it was just really a responsibility of us as the franchisor and just really as human beings to make sure that we're putting people first and still being able to, um, to execute at that level to get those store locations open. Um, at first it was, it was tough, um, which I'm sure has been for many, but we feel so blessed and fortunate that even during the pandemic where we were down um, slightly for the year in sales, all of our drive through locations actually were up about five and a half percent. So we saw a huge uptick on the drive through business and on third-party delivery business. So that was definitely an opportunity for us. And, and we were able to adapt and be able to balance out um you know, some of the, some of the unfortunate circumstances that we had to face. So with that being said, it almost made us even further push and promote drive-through locations because, you know, we weren't certain how long um, this was going to last and when things would come back to normal and if they would ever come back to normal. And then, as I mentioned, we had a hundred people who have already invested in the brand. So making sure that they feel comfortable about our, about our, policies and about our our stance on ensuring the safety and security of everyone.
1: Yeah, safety and then adaptability seem to be really common themes for businesses of all kinds, but certainly for the restaurant space. Um, So another thing that comes to mind for me is connectivity. And I'm wondering how Jeremiah's J-List rewards program factored into that and the results that you've seen in the way of customer loyalty with the program and perhaps keeping that connection line strong, even as you're looking at different ways of serving people and maybe engaging at places like drive-throughs.
2: Absolutely. we invested a lot of, of resources and a lot of time in creating our loyalty app, the JList app. And prior to us actually having a mobile app, we had a database of, of loyal users. When we launched our, our loyalty app, I mean, within the first six months, we had 100,000 users. Now we are up to 300,000 users, and we utilize that platform in in a variety of ways. it's As you mentioned, it's to connect um, with our guests, to keep them engaged, also to provide rewards and be that light. I think another another thing that helped us and really sets us apart from the competition is at the end of the day, people were, were so stressed and, and uncertain and, and home with their kids and working from home and just trying to get used to a new normal that a lot of times we became the light in, in a lot of our customers' days because we're serving a fun, free, uh, um, sweet treat. So it was, it, it, we definitely were received very well by by our guests. And um, yes, we did utilize that platform pretty substantially to stay connected. And we did, we tried to do fun things that wouldn't necessarily, I know this kind of sounds probably counterproductive from a business standpoint, but I'm sure you can appreciate it under the circumstances of the pandemic. We didn't want to do things that were going to drive multitude of people to our locations because then it would it would from the optic standpoint we have we're trying to encourage large crowds or bringing people in when we're really trying to social distance but also still be able to maintain some sort of um healthy business balance so we would do fun things like our secret menu combos that i kind of mentioned some of those from before um and also you know double points triple points trying to do hoppy hours when there's another play on those on the frog so the hoppy hour in, in our traditionally um when we have a little bit of the downtime in the afternoon we were do you know double points triple points and with the 300,000 users our participation rate is between 25 and 28% which I believe is about two to three times of the industry benchmark um, for that participation rate for loyalty apps. And right now we are trending at about five to 6,000 members per location, which is a very healthy um, amount of, of users. So we, we feel that our users are definitely utilizing this application and they get excited about it. So we're constantly trying to find ways to, to connect and to engage with them without ever diluting the brand or or the messaging, if you will.
0: Yeah, I, I really appreciate that cre- creativity. And it sounds like your team saw quite a bit of success with it despite a pandemic. And as a pandemic consumer, I was always seeking out sweet treats. So um, I definitely agree with that. So I, I have to work in a quick, shameless plug here. One thing Sydney and I love about Jeremiah's is, is that you're you're a Rebel client. So do you have any mm-hmm. insights to share about what made Rebel your point of sale platform of choice?
2: Sure. Um, Originally, when I came on board, we were actually with Aloha, and Aloha is a great system, except it it seems to be better for larger, um, more full-service or fast casual restaurants that have very complicated menus. So one of the things we were really looking to do when you're making a switch from, from a from a system like an aloha to a cloud-based system, is you want simplicity. So you want to be able to have a platform that can accomplish all of the things that um, you're looking to accomplish from a business standpoint without over engineering it or making it too complicated. So we found that Revel was a very user-friendly application um, both on the on the squad member side and on the back of the house side and at the enterprise level. So that was one of the one of the main reasons that. We, we decided to partner with Revel for our growth and and we've been really happy with, with that product and we're constantly looking at making making it more efficient as we continue to grow and expand and as our application kind of modifies and changes a little bit, we're constantly utilizing um, the Revel team to be sure that we're doing it in the most efficient way and intuitive way for the for the long-term play. So we have a lot of moving parts So we needed to make sure that it integrated well with our loyalty. App. So if we were going to be taking mobile payment at some point, also um, we have online ordering that is going to be forthcoming, um, the third-party piece, as we, we spoke about, and just making sure that all of those applications can integrate well um, from that from the main point of sale system. So that's, that's, that's really our, um, our story as far as choosing Revel, and again, just really happy with the simplicity of the programming.
1: We love it. And we are so excited to help you guys keep things simple as you expand, which actually segues perfectly into my next question. So it it feels like every news article about Jeremiah's lately is related to a new store opening. And I know I'll be visiting the Smyrna, Georgia location very soon.
2: Um, mm, awesome.
1: Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm jazzed. Uh, can't wait to, to enjoy some of that, especially with the humidity that we're experiencing here right. in the Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, as even as we were looking for a time to meet for this call, you mentioned that there are a lot of store openings and uh, similar activity happening for Jeremiah's. And I'm curious to know about your recent growth and plans on the near horizon for even more locations.
2: Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's been very exciting. So as I mentioned earlier, we did manage to open 10 locations last year in five different states during the pandemic. So that was, it was definitely um, an amazing experience. And we were, again, so fortunate and so, so blessed to be able to do that. In the uncertain time. So it was the first time that Jeremiah's ever left the state of Florida. So it was a little nerve wracking also in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, our first store location that opened last year was in Arizona, it was in Chandler, Arizona. And so um, it's definitely was a unique experience. But now, um, at, at the end of 2020, with those 10 locations, five different states which has been received extremely well in all five states and then this year so far to date we've opened 15 locations and we have 25 more openings between now and december so you know we doubled in size in one year and as of this morning we actually have 208 agreements signed um throughout the southeastern United States. So our, our real goal at this point is to ensure that we are able to open successful franchise locations. And so what does that mean? We just try to, at Jeremiah, as we try to have a really thoughtful franchise program where we're able to offer support and again, keep that connection. It's extremely important. We want to be collaborative partners and we want to make sure that, you know, people feel like they're a part of something special. And so that's really our our plan and our trajectory for, for the future, um, for the, For the unforeseeable future, I mean, again, we're at about 208 locations um, all throughout Southeast, some um, multi-unit partners, some single unit partners, um, you know, just a very diverse um, group of franchisees that we have, which is awesome. And, you know, we're really excited about what's to come and to really put Jeremiah's Italian ice on the map so that everyone can experience um, our delicious treats in their hometown.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting to hear about all of your growth and, and what you guys have on the horizon. And a quick kudos uh, to your team for for all the success. We're excited um, at Ravel to, to be a part of it. So I know much of our team is really excited for trade shows and events to finally be back. So on August 11th, I know you're participating as a panelist on Mastering Multi-Unit Expansion at the Atlanta Franchising and Innovation Summit. Um, so what mm-hmm. are your what's your take on why folks attending the summit won't wanna miss the insights from the panel?
2: Well, I'm super excited and I'm really honored to be a part of um, such esteemed uh, group of panelists. Um, I think multi-unit expansion is is something that I've been a part of really in my entire career. Um, I was with another brand that went from one unit to over 130 over the course of time in multiple states, franchising, joint venture agreements, and so this is really where I've spent the majority of my career. And I think the most important thing to um, take into consideration when you're when you're contemplating growing at that at that in that capacity in that mechanism is is to you constantly have to be Adaptable. You're, you have to be able to pivot and you have to understand that what worked for a brand that has 25 locations may not necessarily serve you at 50. And when you have 50, it may not necessarily serve you at 100. So you have to constantly be innovative and you have to constantly be staying out in front of what's important to the guest, to the franchisee, to the company, to the brand, you have to be able to manage manage and balance those different components of the business um, and also be able to do that as things change in the economy and change in the environment and you're you're able to make sure that you're you're able to balance balance all of that out and I think that that is really the most important component for us at Jeremiah's we are obsessed with our brand and we want to ensure that the brand integrity stays intact um, as we continue to to expand through to other markets um, where where we Currently are not, and the culture. The culture is another component that I really feel sets Jeremiah's apart, and it's a critical component of what has made Jeremiah so successful. So, a lot of the training that we do um, is is culture based. You know, a lot of times we are uh, someone's first uh, job. So we hire um, a lot of young adults. Um, we do employ a lot of uh, the millennials and the Gen Zs, and it's usually their first experience to the workforce. So we take that, we take that um, responsibility very seriously because it's, it's, it actually is an honor, and you always remember your first job and your first boss, and that's kind of how we approach it. And sometimes people come to us and have never even swept or have you know, never really done any chores at their house or not really understanding what, what work ethic is and what we really focus on outside of the you know serving the delicious product is is the culture component because that's just as important especially as it um, pertains to the connection um, the connection piece you know as technology continues to to be innovative and 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 kind of take a different direction we want to make sure that we're never losing the element of um, of the human connection piece because it is extremely important to the brand
1: Yeah. That's definitely, again, it's something that's apparent on your website. And then I love that, you know, first job is such a perfect icebreaker for when you're getting to know new people, because it is so true. Everybody remembers their first job and what was great or not so great in some cases. Exactly. Right. So, um, uh, well, before we close things out, I want to make sure that we check in with you to make sure that, If there's anything we haven't asked you about on this call that you'd like to share with our listeners, that you have a chance to do that.
2: Well, I really appreciate that. I think we really touched on everything. It's been an awesome opportunity to be able to share a little bit of our story with you. And we are hopeful that um, everyone that's listening, that there will be a Jeremiah's Italian ice near you soon. And you'll be able to experience it. And obviously, if you ever get down to Florida or to any of the states that we're in, please stop by. um, And hopefully you'll, you'll get served an amazing experience with an amazing treat.
0: Absolutely. Wow, so many insights to unpack here. One thing that really stood out to me is the focus Jeremiah puts on company culture, which is a major focus for us here at Rebel 2, especially in this climate where staffing is a challenge for restaurants, even more so than usual. And then company culture can really be that game changer for employee satisfaction and retention. And I'm thinking back to my own first job and how a better culture could have made that a much more enjoyable experience.
1: Oh, yeah. My first job, which will remain nameless, was a quick service restaurant, and I lasted all of four shifts before finding a different option. The environment was pretty rigid, and everything was about process and not so much engagement. I think that's maybe a newer advent for a lot of first jobs these days. And to top things off, the ice cream machine exploded during one of my few shifts. (laughs) So, right, (laughs) you know, even for brands with a strong sense of culture from a marketing perspective, I think it's probably a probably scary thing for founders to hope that the tenants that make a business distinct and you know really kind of sets them apart um, from the competition. you know, to keep those intact as a business reaches critical mass for major scaling has got to be just anxiety inducing. So you've got to have a rock solid brand identity to do that successfully.
0: No doubt, couldn't agree more. Um, hats off to Nicole and her team for keeping the fun and puns alive during such a wildly successful franchise. And to our wonderful listeners, we hope you also had an amazing first job and want to thank you for joining us today. Come back biweekly for more great content from our guests. You can make sure you never miss an episode by liking and subscribing to Restaurant and Retail Revelations on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Of course, a final thanks goes to our producer and marketing colleague, David Gamber, And to the leaders at Rebel Systems who make this podcast possible, we will be back soon with more content.